Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, how you doing? My name is Nolan. I am from Past Gas by Donut Media, the Internet's number one automotive history show. That's right. We talk car history. And this week we are talking about a lesser known underappreciated, underrated, undermentioned tuning house called Tommy Kyra. If you're deep into the JDM world, you know these guys. But for those of you who don't, Tommy Kyra is responsible for some of the most understated and just cool tuner cars out there. They had a really interesting philosophy on how they built their cars. Originally, one of the founders sold AMG and other European sports cars through his dealership in Japan and decided to take that same ethos with domestic Japanese vehicles, and they ended up with some really, really cool stuff. This is a cool story. This was a fun one, really just goofy time with James and Joe. So go check that out. Tommy Kyra on Past Gas, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show today. Thank you. Bye. August 2014, gasoline and burnt rubber linger in the air at Spa-Francorchamps circuit, where the podium celebration for the Belgian Grand Prix is underway. The announcer calls the name of the second-place finisher, Nico Rosberg. At this point in the season, Rosberg had a firm lead in the World Drivers' Championship. As the son of a world champion, the title that's felt like his destiny is finally in his sights. This should be a moment of celebration, but the crowd below roars with boos because the driver who Rosberg has overtaken in the quest for the championship is his childhood friend turned F1 teammate turned bitter rival, Lewis Hamilton. And just hours prior, Rosberg ran him off the road. Could a boyhood bond survive a fierce F1 title race? What about three in a row? And who prevails in the ultimate battle of strategy versus speed? Today on Pass Gas, we're talking about the Silver War, AKA the battle between Mercedes teammates, Lewis Hamilton, and Nico Rosberg. Past Gas Podcast. It's about cars. It's not about ports. I follow an Instagram called Lewis Hamilton's Pants. It's a good one. He's got good pants. Yeah. And it's just pictures of Lewis Hamilton and then it says what kind of pants he's wearing. Where do you get pants like that? They send them to him. Yeah, um, he doesn't yeah. pay for any of guy doesn't pay for like, anything. I went to Aeropostal the other day, and they, they did not have pants. 
<laughs> no, if you want those distressed Amiri twelve hundred dollar jeans, yeah. you gotta you gotta you know, be, I will, look. If cool. you want a vinyl suit, yeah. with Ayrton Senna airbrushed on it. They send that to you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is how that works, huh? You can't really yeah. go to a store and get that. The richer you get, the less stuff you got to buy. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's backwards. It's not weird, though. You know what I want to go to is one of those, like... people got eyes on you. Yeah. yeah. Before the Oscars, there's, like, free stuff uh-huh. in a room, and all the people going to the Oscars just go... It's called swag. And they'll be like, oh, I'll take that watch. I'll take yeah. that Birkin bag. Like, you sure. just yeah. go and get all of it. Yeah, it's because when them because you're famous, yeah, and people see you wearing it's marketing. it and they want right. it, and then yeah, yeah you, you bring your Birkin bag on the step and what's it yeah, called? Yeah, turn and repeat, step and repeat, turn, turn and repeat, step and repeat. <laughs> it's why we get free turbos. You guys get free turbos. I have a whole stack of them. I don't know what to do with them. Stack of free turbos. Yeah, where where's my turbo? <laughs> <laughs> I do want a turbo that uh, the VG thirty in in the new. You have Z. a baby coming. You should not do that. I just bought a car for eight hundred bucks. I basically made money. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would lose money if you put a turbo on. Yeah, I think it would be a bad idea to turbo that. <laughs> but I could make four hundred horsepower. Remember how with much a big turbo how many on. problems we have with your last turbo Z? Yeah, yeah. or our turbo Zs. No, and, and yes. Yeah, yeah, but this time's different. <laughs> No, I should sell it. Oh, <laughs> Hold on to it for like a year, drive it around, have yeah. fun with it, and then you'll you'll make money on it. I, I mean, mean not like a crazy too. amount of money, but yeah, like no. you'll make money on it. Yeah, or break even at least. There's zero rust. Yeah, I love great. my new car. Throw it up on the <laughs> <brand> trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I made a big mistake. <laughs> oh, I, forgot. Uh, I should have listened to the end of that sentence. My child's gonna <laughs> starve. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined as always by my co-host. We got James Pumphrey over there looking at God knows what on this. <laughs> I'm looking at trekking pants. What is that? Trekking trousers. It's like coat. Those two tone like pants for your legs. Because <laughs> okay. Nolan and I are going to Montreal. Yeah, we're going to Montreal next week. Yeah. I'm gonna wear just like some Under Armour for my legs. On I found that just works. Under Armour. It's worked very well for me in the past. Pants over it. With pants over. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got a layer. Yeah, gotta yeah. Layer. And like, I got, got I went to Aria. I got these really thick socks. Nice. Uh, That's what I'm going to do. Like, yeah. what, two inches thick? Two inch thick socks? Yeah. Two cubic feet of two socks. Two cubic feet of socks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're pretty big. Yeah. And then we got Joe Weber over there, future uh, future father. Keep it juiced. Nice. That was a good one. That's like me cold. <laughs> or you saw a ghost. Yeah. So you oh, think yeah. I could just get Under Armour and not $400 trekking trousers? You could probably do away with the, yeah, get some long underwear. Mm, Go to I REI. Mean, those are cool trekking trousers. These so. are pretty sick trekking trousers. They do sound awesome. It'll like make you feel warmer too, maybe. Yeah. 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 Trekking That's trousers. So outdoor trousers. Shell trousers. Welcome to Trouser Gas. Welcome to Trouser Talk, everybody. We're talking about our pants Trouser this gas. week. Yeah. Yeah. Pants. I, Waterproof pants this week. I need to get, yep. Yeah, oh, we're talking about lots of pants. I forgot about Lewis Hamilton's he, pants. He loves his pants. So, I had yeah. a trouser scare this week. You did? I farted, and I thought something was there, <laughs> but it was just a really hot fart. Wow. Nice. That's great. <laughs> I hope so, I get some hot farts when I'm in Montreal to warm up my trekking trousers. I thought I was going to poop my pants yesterday on the shoot. I almost were... pooped my pants yesterday. No, this morning I almost pooped this, my pants. Nice. This, yeah. I woke up, I had to poop, 
And I was like, I'm going to do a few things first. Yeah. And then I started doing the things and, and I was like, like I better I hurry up and do these yeah. things. We were, out, we were out in California City, right past Guzman's Apparel. Guzman's uh, off there, Apparel. Uh, off of 14. Proud and we were sponsor. Jump, we're, we're, we were shooting with the new uh, project truck, the Ranger. And we're taking over some whoops. whoops. I was like, I have to go, but like, we got to get this shot. And we're going <laughs> over those whoops. As we're you jumping almost up had and down a pretty serious whoop in your pants. Yeah, I, yeah. I almost did. It was <laughs> Just close. Shaking man. your poopoos out of uh, your pants. I didn't feel great. Uh, <laughs> but the, it, yeah. Uh, anyway. It was worth it. That's cinema. It and then you probably had like some hour and a half old burrito for lunch. It was a pizza. Uh, we had, had a pizza had some, in the desert. I, we found a surprisingly. Really, so, desert pizza? Yeah, nice. Yeah. You can make good pizza anywhere. Yeah, I you know they that. say that's my, that's my credo, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know they say it's the lack of water that makes the dough good in the desert mm. pizza. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First of all, let's back up a little bit. Back Very excited bit. to do this back episode. Up. One of the best rivalries in recent Formula One history. So good that it almost made it the sport boring to watch in a way because you're like, who's gonna win this week? Oh, it's either Hamilton. Or Rosberg, you but know? that's cool to have two. It's one of those things that at the time was really annoying, but in retrospect, is really cool that it yeah, happened. Because now like, it's now just one guy, now and you're one, like, yeah. God, I wish I we had two people. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Nico Rosberg was born on June 27th, 1985, to Keke Rosberg, the first Finnish man to win the F1 World Championship. His German mother, Sina, is a German translator. Nico's That's up- what my wife calls me, the first Finnish man. <laughs> <laughs> Nico's upbringing is often described as, <laughs> come too quick. <laughs> Nico's upbringing is often described as cosmopolitan yes. as he spent time between Monaco and Ibiza. This international lifestyle led to the young jet setter becoming fluent in five languages. Jeez. Wow. Uh, he, had, he knew English, Italian, French, Spanish, and German. His father never taught him Swedish or Finnish because he thought it would be more beneficial to speak more widely spoken languages. Aww. Growing up near the place his father won the 1983 Monaco Grand Prix had a massive impact on Nico, and he began kart racing when he was just six years old. He quickly started winning races and showed great promise as a driver and began championship kart racing at 10. This was around the time that Nico said he finally felt the call to follow in his father's footsteps. Quote, To mark dad's last competition, we did a lap of honor before the race in his car. We sat up there. It's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> like Darrington Phillip. We <laughs> sat up there on the roof of the car waving and we both had these driver's overalls on. And there was me, the mini Rosberg and my dad, the maxi Rosberg. <laughs> I love that. That's the sands were full of people and the noise was deafening. It made you feel faint. I knew right then that one day I was going to be a successful driver too. Huh. After the seminal, I, I went with like a Americanized. No, it was German perfect. Accent. That was it pretty was good. Perfect. Yeah. That was pretty close, actually. Um, overalls made me think. I saw three people jaywalking yesterday that were wearing Clash at the Coliseum really? overalls. Whoa! But they were. It was not close to the Downtown. Coliseum at all. Wow. I'll look into it. And they were the promotional ones. They were not like workers. They were overalls? Overalls that said Clash of the Coliseum. Really? And like the sponsors and stuff. Really? It was really weird. That's cool. strange. (laughs) I want those. NASCAR overalls. (laughs) After this seminal moment, Nico convinced his father to manage him. Keke's powerful network in the sport was certainly helpful, okay? But it was actually Nico's competitive mindset and analytical instincts 
not a silver spoon that made him a carding champion. Yeah. We want to make that very clear. Super clear. Up top. He that didn't it was have not nepotism. any help from his no. dad. Nico won the regional Côte d'Azur mini cart championship in 1996 at age 11 and the French mini cart in 1997 and the North American ICA junior karting title in 1998. Look, at he's coming over here, coming over to North America. He's putting his little Finnish toes all over those pedals and winning <laughs> every race. But even at this early stage, Nico's legitimacy as a driver was questioned because of his father. Despite his consistent talent and top finishes, Nico was considered the Nepo baby of racing. It would follow him throughout his career, but it also gave the boy who had everything a little chip on his shoulder. I was a Napo baby. A Napo baby? I took a lot of naps as oh, a baby. I was a Napa baby. Napa County? No, I was say, I went to Napa Art Parts a lot. Art Parts. A lot. You went there a lot? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was because you like that ca- type of cabbage. Napa cabbage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't really like cabbage at all. You don't like cabbage? Oh, I think cabbage I is the best. Prepared correctly, okay? Oh, is cabbage is There's the so best. There's so many ways. Okay. There's so many ways to prepare. That's what I think. Dog you know, kimchi I think, and sauerkraut. Those oh, are just I the fermented options. I do love kimchi. Also, I do love kimchi. broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, that's all the same plant. There's all from cabbage. What? Yeah. Yeah. Brassica. Broccoli's from cabbage? Yeah. yeah. This is news to me. Broccolini... Broccolini, broccoli wrap. Well, if someone's got a really good cabbage recipe that they want to prepare oh for me God. to change send it my in, mind. We'll read it. Send it no, in. I was Maybe talking I'll... to you guys. Oh. No, but please send in your cabbage recipes. Yeah, send us your cabbage recipes. We'll read them on the air. Like a miso seared Ooh. cabbage. Oh, I like that. Sounds By delicious. 2000, Nico had been racing for two years for the CRG karting team. Mm, big time. And this is when his father decided to form a separate team focused on just two drivers. Uh, his son and a little-known driver named Lewis Hamilton. Just want to remind everybody, his success has nothing to do with the fact that his dad was a famous race car driver. <laughs> At the time, Keke managed McLaren's Mika Hakkinen <laughs> and had taken notice of the 15-year-old Hamilton who was on the McLaren kart team. Dude, the McLaren kart team would be such It'd a be fun. such a flex. Such a fun thing to be as a 15-year-old. Oh, totally, dude. Totally, oh, so you know what I was doing when I was 15? What? Getting beat up by my dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm funny. The two young drivers were different in many ways. Nico grew up the crown prince of auto racing, and the most adversity he faced was the criticism that he faced no adversity. <laughs> Lewis grew up as a mixed-race boy in public housing outside of London, fighting for track time. His father had to work several jobs to support his talented son's racing dreams. And we covered Lewis Hamilton's early life more extensively in Past Gas episode number 92. Let's go check that out. A long time ago. That was. Despite their starkly different upbringings, the drivers became fast friends. Pun absolutely intended. (laughs) Brought together over their love of racing, they spent two years traveling the world together and bonded like brothers. CRG's head, Dino Chiesa, once said of the two, Don't forget, Nico lived in Monaco. He had no real normal life. Not a lot of friends. He'd come to a race a weekend, to the track, to have a fun with Louis, who was from the outskirts of Stemmerage, and knew life, knew how to have fun. Like a boy from Attack of the Block. <laughs> <laughs> 
But just because they were having fun together didn't mean that they weren't competitive. The two would find ways to compete in everything from pizza and ice cream speed eating contests. <laughs> I call lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do eat really fast. You do. Not as uh, fast as Justin. Justin eats Justin really fast? Eat? Yeah. Justin's a combination of like having a twin brother who's also large. Yeah. And <laughs> An being army. in the military. Yeah. So he's just like, dude, he's... Have you ever seen uh, Major Pain? Yeah. When, yeah. Yeah. That's how Justin eats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to eat slower. That's you should. One, that's one of my you resolutions. Should savor it. Yeah. You should savor life. it, but also like then your body doesn't have to work as hard. Yeah, your tummy doesn't better. feel weird. No. You, I didn't you, know that was a normal people thing. People <laughs> underestimate like chewing. The mm-hmm. more that you chew, the better. Mastication. Yes. Yeah. Xeno Warrior Princess. Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless says yeah. you should chew your food. <laughs> Whoa. She, said that, on, she uh, said that on her ex account. I don't know why. I don't know why I remember that, but like someone asked Public her. Public service announcement. <laughs> hey, someone, yeah. someone like asked her about like her like fitness or yeah. like diet or something. She's like, it is really important to chew your food. Yeah. A lot of people don't chew. Which it sounds stupid, enough. but like I don't chew enough. I just no, work don't. it down. When you're, I, most when, you're when you notice it and you're like, oh, wait, I do kind of just like hork it down like yeah. two, mm-hmm. three chews and I'm done. Mm-hmm. You really could stand to chew more. I take forever because I'm always entertaining. <laughs> I'm always holding court. That's yeah. why it takes yeah. forever <laughs> yeah. to eat. Mealtime is really an opportunity for me to hold court. <laughs> <laughs> so they had ice cream eating contests. Don't have to chew those. Uh, they would also be very competitive in table tennis and hotel wrestling matches. Which is so fun being in a hotel with your friends yeah. when you're a kid. Doing flips. Number one thing like ever is like hotel trips with your friends. Yeah. Just like snacks. Yeah. Watching TV. Yeah. Jumping from naughty bed to bed. and open up the mini bar. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> one time I was in a football trip and I chugged a bottle of aspartame. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why was there a bottle of like aspartame? Sweetener? What's asp- No, not aspartame. What's the numbing stuff? Aura gel. No. Aura gel. Am- no, Ambisol. Oh. Ambisol. It like numbs your throat. And how'd that feel? No, just you rub it on your gums if you have a toothache. Yeah. It was made out of cloves, I think. But yeah, I chugged it. And how? what happened? Everyone thought I ruled. <laughs> 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 so, hotel trips when you're a little kid, rule. When Lewis, you were tripping of a different kind off that benzocaine. Yeah. Pass gas will be right back. Commercial time. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this 
when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When Lewis saw Nico unicycling around town, (laughs) he became determined to learn. It took him two days to get the better of his rival. Despite that competition, Lewis was later quoted, I've never laughed so much as when we were racing together. We had some great races together and built a great friendship. We were just enjoying go-karts and eating pizzas every weekend, fighting all the time and just, you know, having fun. (laughs) They had their biggest laughs the night after Lewis won the European Championship. Chiesa received a call from the hotel reception in the middle of the night. They are nearly destroyed their room. They put the mattresses out of the window. I had to hide the fact from their dads because they'd kill me if they knew. (laughs) But at the time, Louis and Nico, they slept in the same room. That is why I think they are still a friend. If you stay for two years, Together, in the same room, when you are younger, you will never forget that. It's kind of like uh, when you serve uh, in the army and you don't uh, forget your friends from the army. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Both boys dreamed of <laughs> racing in F1 and stayed up late talking about how cool it would be to race as teammates at the highest level. Nico saw F1 as inevitable. The path to the top in clear focus because of his father. For Hamilton, it was a dream. A what if that could slip away at any moment. Dang, this is touching, man. Dude, this yeah. is so sick. I love these boys. Yeah. This is great. After two years, Lewis and Nico went their separate ways, graduating from carts to cars. Nico jumped to single-seaters in the 2002 German Formula BMW Championship and soon won the title. He was then given a test drive with Williams, the team which his father won his title. Nico then drove for his father's F3 Euro Series team, Team Rosberg, for uh, 2003 and 2004. In 2005, he became the first GP2 champion ever while driving for the ART Grand Prix team, all while serving as an F1 test driver for Williams. In 2006, Nico was called up to the big leagues. He officially signed with Williams F1, but only after scoring the highest ever marks in the Williams F1 team's engineering aptitude test. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow. Uh, Nico's F1 debut was also notable. On his first race, he set the fastest lap and finished P7 behind his teammate, Mock Webber. Webber was responsible for one of Nico's best-known nicknames, Brittany, <laughs> for the blonde flowing locks that reminded the older driver of Britney Spears. Nice. That is a solid nickname. That is go. really good. Brittany. Come over, Brittany. It's your turn. It's your turn, Brittany. <laughs> Nico stayed on with Williams until 2009, which was his best season with Williams. He placed seventh in the Drivers' Championship, and then, in 2010, Nico moved to Mercedes. Meanwhile, Lewis dominated in any car he was strapped into. First, he returned to the UK to race in British Formula Renault, clenching the 2003 championship early enough to skip the final two races of the season and jump into British Formula 3. That's cool. Yeah, that's gnarly. He continued to be seen as a rising star in the sport and won the F3 Euro Series title in 2005 after winning 15 of the 20 rounds and the GP2 title, also with ART Grand Prix, in 2006, the year after Nico won it. 
McLaren promoted Lewis to F1 in 2007, joining two-time defending world champion Fernando Alonso. Nolan's boy! Yeah, Hamilton immediately challenges teammate for the title in an epic season-long rivalry. Are we noticing a pattern here, guys? He ultimately came in second to Ferrari's Kimi Raikkonen by one single point. We did an episode on this as well, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I believe so. Yeah. Then... Lewis finished his sophomore season like a goaded driver would. He won the world title in just his second season. That's crazy. Uh, He raced with McLaren until 2012. And in 2013, shocked the racing world when he signed with... Mercedes-Benz. At the time, this was considered a backwards move. McLaren was a marquee brand with a long history of success in the sport, while Mercedes had only won one race in 50 since returning as a full works program in 2010. Wow, I didn't realize it was that dire for them. Pretty bad. Diarrhea. High fives. The table's too big to hide. The table's too big. I regret touching your guys' hands because everyone's sick. <laughs> just inhaled everyone's particles. I'm not sick. I just am dry. I'm, ju- I'm not sick. I'm just oozing and <laughs> complaining about all sorts of ailments, <laughs> self-medicating, treating all of my. I don't want to think various about it. uncomfortabilities. So all this stuff was true for Mercedes, but Lewis was excited by the prospect of lifting a mid-tier team to the top. Plus, he got to fulfill his boyhood pipe dream of reuniting with Rosberg in F1. But the press they immediately appointed Lewis as the team's number one, which may not have sat well with. Young Nico. Oh, I could see that just really bothering me. Yeah. The 2013 season was dominated by Sebastian Vettel and Red Bull. It was expected to be a rebuilding year for Mercedes. By that standard, it was pretty successful. But it wasn't without some drama. At the Malaysian Grand Prix, Mercedes implemented team orders and told Rosberg to stay behind Hamilton in P4. Rosberg fumed, I'm so much faster! Let me go past! Team principal (laughs) Ross Braun replied, Nico, please drop back. There's nothing to gain. I want to bring both cars home, please. Later, that's a great team principle. Yeah, that was really good. Lewis Horner in there. I'm on fire. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm (laughs) killing the voices today. (laughs) Somebody give me a kid. It's bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing all the voices. Later, Lewis said it would have been fine to yield the spot to Nico. Quote, I told him that he did a great, fantastic job. Nico deserved to be where I am. With the position in the championship, the team thought it was logical to stay in position. But Nico drove a smarter and more controlled race than me. Uh, but I would let him pass in the future. Would I let him pass in the future? Um, I probably would. Lewis finished the season fourth in the Drivers' Championship, Rosberg sixth, and Mercedes finished second Nice for the Constructors' title, winning three total races. But the two drivers, firmly in their primes, had much loftier goals. Dude, when you're in your prime, your goals are so lofty. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't see them doing any better than fourth and sixth, though. <laughs> no. I don't know. I have ne- I've done any research, but I, I mean, I've know. never heard of these guys, but yeah. fourth and sixth, that's probably as high as they go. <laughs> yeah. That'd be reason enough to do an episode about them. I mean, that'd probably be reason enough to have an Instagram yeah. dedicated to your pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's our episode. Thanks for watching. All right, bye, guys. JK, coming off their best season in years, Mercedes was primed to make a leap in the F1 hierarchy in 2014, and the rivalry between Lewis and Nico received a huge boost with the introduction of the 1.6-liter turbocharged V6 engine. Let's go. 
Friction began during the third race of the season, a battle in Bahrain. Rosberg started on pole, but Hamilton quickly jumped to the lead. This type of start became a frustrating pattern for Nico throughout the season. You know what they say about Bahrain? It's the great equalizer. Yeah. (laughs) When Bahrain it pours, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Lewis defended his lead throughout the race handily until Rosberg attempted to pass on the final lap after a late restart. The two engaged in a thrilling wheel-to-wheel encounter, but Hamilton eventually pulled ahead for the win. The two joked about the finish and engaged in a mock fight afterward in Park Ferme, just like they did in their karting days. Nice. However, it was later revealed that Nico had broken team protocol in the closing laps to try and pass Lewis. The new Mercedes engine had several different power settings, the most powerful of which Lewis would later nickname Party Mode. It's Party Mode. Party Mode. Lewis and Nico were permitted to use party mode when overtaking opposing drivers, but not against each other. Hmm. Nico was not penalized for using party mode, but Lewis didn't forget the transgression. Hmm. Lewis won the next two races and arrived in Spain with the opportunity to move ahead of Nico in the championship. He started in pole position and had Nico nipping at his heels for the entire race as he squeaked out the victory only 0.6 seconds ahead of his teammate. Wow. Lewis also passed Nico in the championship standings. Afterwards, Rosberg said an extra lap would have been enough to overtake Hamilton. What he didn't know was that Hamilton had used party mode Uh to defend his position. Uh Uh-oh. With the gloves off and the stakes at their highest, the Silver War was officially on. Uh, Wait. Why are you not going to use the fastest mode on your car? Yeah, and they say, well, they say the reason that you have party mode is that you both have party mode and you won't use party mode against each other, but they both use party mode. (laughs) The next race after Spain was the Monaco GP, Rosberg's home turf. Nico, now trailing in the championship, was determined to perform well on the same roads where he perfected his unicycle (laughs) and regain control of this four-wheel championship no matter what. That's pretty good, man. Entering the final run of qualifying, Rosberg was in provisional pole position. Hmm. Hamilton was off to a blazing start and seemed poised to beat Nico's time. But halfway through the lap, Rosberg's tires locked up and he had to pull off, aborting the run. The resulting yellow flags forced Hamilton to slow down, ruining his bid for pole position. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Different type of party mode. Sabotage mode. (laughs) Starting from pole was especially important because, as many of our listeners know, Monaco provides very few passing opportunities. true. So there were a number of raised eyebrows about the auspicious timing of Rosberg's incident. But after a formal investigation, it was determined that Nico did not deliberately force a sabotage. Despite this, Hamilton remained convinced that Nico had purposely sabotaged him. Commenting after the ruling, I should have known that was going to happen. Nico would take first in the race with Lewis behind him in second. At the post-race press conference, they wouldn't even look at each other. While Nico was thrilled that he won the Monaco Grand Prix exactly 30 years after his father did, Lewis seethed. When asked about battling for the title against a close friend, Hamilton replied, We are not friends. 
We are colleagues. Wow. That's what I say about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> a few days later, Lewis tried to walk it back, tweeting a picture of him and Nico on unicycles as boys, writing, We've been friends a long time. As friends, we have our ups and downs. We spoke in our cool, still friends. Hashtag no problem. <laughs> what a what a like artifact of the time. The hashtag. Hashtag, you know? hashtag no problem. Hashtag no problem. Hashtag no problem. Someone's so I can click that no so problem. I can find other tweets yeah. with no problem. Yeah. yeah. Despite the tweet of peace, they were no longer on speaking terms. Someone who has no idea who these people are. It's like, why are these kids on unicycles having beef with each other? Hashtag yeah. no problem. Like Oh yeah, no. Yeah. No problem. No it's a problem. unicycle hey, hashtag. Hey, all I did was click hashtag no problems. Got race car drivers? <laughs> no. Hashtag no thank you. <laughs> I want to see anti-math memes. <laughs> <laughs> they were no longer on speaking terms, and they attended team briefings at separate times. That's petty. Mm. Yeah. A few races later... At the Hungarian GP, Rosberg led Hamilton by 14 points. Late in the race with Hamilton in third and Rosberg in fourth, Hamilton ignored team orders to slow down so that Rosberg could jump ahead. He still needed to pit again for fresh tires, and being in front of Lewis meant he had more buffer time with competing teams on the pit exit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember now, Lewis of this. refused. He had suffered an engine failure in qualifying and worked his way to the front from the back of the pack. Even though they were teammates, Nico was his title rival. And Lewis reasoned he had the advantage of starting from pole. Lewis wasn't about to budge. He held on to his podium finish with Nico just behind him in P4. Unsurprisingly, Nico was furious going into the midseason break. And for team principal Toto Wolf, the four-week break couldn't have come at a better time. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, thank God for the break. <laughs> Take oh. a bubble bath. Take a bubble bath. It is very bite. helpful that they break. <laughs> it is very this time. I need to get a new suit. I need to get some shirts fitted for my large pecs and biceps. <laughs> it could not have come at a better time. This break could not have come at a better time. Literally the most out. efficient time. <laughs> yeah. I, need I, to I take usually don't have back. much time to get fitted shirts during the season. <laughs> I love that guy so much. Yeah, he's so, so, so sick. Cool. I date him. Doesn't um, like Hugo Boss make their... Yeah, outfits or something. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They also made yeah, Nazis. Nazis yeah. Toto joined Team Mercedes in 2013 and initially questioned the wisdom of reuniting the two drivers. This wasn't kart racing. With millions on the line and their lifelong dreams at stake, he worried that the emotions due to their history would make for a much more intense battle. It's going to take so much time for my hunt for the perfect shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I have to these two titled friends. <laughs> But Toto's top priority was to Mercedes, and the selfish behavior that he'd seen from both drivers throughout the first half of 2014 concerned him. He made it clear that he had no fear of suspending either of them, even if it meant sacrificing races. Hmm. Nolan, how much do they... The thing the drivers want the most is to compete in the car. (laughs) And you always need to be very clear that you compete in the car if you understand the team game. But I am prepared to sacrifice a race or two just to make it clear for all future generations that they're going to drive for Mercedes that this kind of behavior is not okay. That was really good. That was really good. 
God, the voices in this episode. We're really on, fire. on one today. We're just like delivering. We're standing them up and knocking them down. And, uh, how did you do that? that how did if you if you are listening to this right now, <laughs> Nolan just put a pen up and knocked it over with his mind. What the yeah. heck? You're like John Travolta. Yeah. Uh, I hope not. In Phenomenon. Oh, okay. There were eight races left in the season. Lewis is feeling good, having clawed his way back to within 11 points of the championship lead, despite two retirements in the first seven races. Meanwhile, Nico may have physically been relaxing on a white sandy beach somewhere, but mentally, he was seething. He'd watched his lead trickle away while Hamilton received zero repercussions for his actions in Hungary. The F1 world was eager to see if tempers had cooled at the first race after the break. The Belgian Grand Prix at Spa-Francorchamps. I think they probably are cool now. They're probably best friends. They're probably chill, yeah. yeah. Now, but we're still in the middle of the story, Joe. No, no, no. Right here in At time. this point, you think yeah. so? Yeah, they're probably friends, but they're probably like, eh, I'm not going to talk to you right now. Toto held a team meeting the Thursday before the racing began. Basically a little vibe check to emphasize that they were all on the same team. And wouldn't you know it, it didn't help. <laughs> you guys chill? Are you chill yet? <laughs> that Sunday, Nico started on pole position, but Lewis, once again, quickly jumped into the lead. On the second lap, Rosberg attempted to overtake, clipping and puncturing Hamilton's back left tire. And just like that, Lewis was out of the race. In the moment, the fiery Hamilton exclaimed over the radio, Nico's hit me. That's not cool, guys. <laughs> wow, he really went over the line with that. That's comment. not cool, guys. Rosberg would go on to take second place behind Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. It was one of the only three races in the whole season that one of the Mercedes drivers didn't win. And Danny Rick did. Danny Rick. Nico's move was investigated immediately after the race and determined to be a racing incident. But Hamilton and the booing crowd disagreed. Mercedes held an emergency team meeting immediately after. During which, emergency team meeting. <laughs> during which Hamilton later claimed that Rosberg admitted to causing the collision on purpose to, quote, prove a point. What? Publicly, though, Rosberg defended the move, pointing towards the stewards' ruling. Nico may have won the battle and extended his championship lead, but his actions ultimately lost him the war. He'd finally poked the bear a little too hard. A bear who happened to be the fastest driver on the planet. I don't know if I'd consider Lewis Hamilton a bear. No, he would not be. He's an otter. <laughs> Lewis, won the five next, <laughs> Lewis won the next five races, and Nico placed second in all of them. Oh, poke the bear, you get to the stick. Poke the bear, you little bitch. <laughs> the season finale was in Abu Dhabi, where all the points were worth double. That's where Nermal goes. Uh, Is it still like that? No, thankfully. That was like a Bernie it's Eccleston like gimmick thing to like make uh. people care about the last race uh the new scoring system was meant to double the drama of the final race but it didn't work and regular scoring returned the following year however this did mean that nico still had a chance to win the title if he won and lewis finished lower than second place the championship was nico's Ooh. nico once again started in pole position and once again lewis jumped to the lead within the first few turns on lap 23 a series of car troubles began for nico with three laps to go, he was advised to retire from the race, but he insisted on finishing, ultimately coming in 14th place. Meanwhile, Hamilton finished in first place by quite a wide margin, winning him the championship. Nice. Despite his disappointment, Rosberg's season was the best of his career to that point. He'd come in second in the Drivers' Championship 
and won the first ever pole trophy awarded to the driver who won the most pole positions that season. <laughs> Is it shaped like a pole? <laughs> yeah, you have know, to ride it. <laughs> <laughs> but Team Mercedes breathed a sigh of relief that the season ended with a clear winner. After the race, Nico seemed to finally cut the year-long tension when he entered the victory podium antechamber to congratulate Hamilton. He later told the press, quote, He deserved the win today and deserved to win the championship. Hamilton commented, quote, It's been so intense between us all year long. There have been good moments and bad moments, but without a doubt, we have a relationship or a friendship that we built a long time ago, and that will still be there. But only time would tell. No, I bet this is when they're going to be it. chill. This, this is, is it. They're going to be really chill in this they're section. Chill. This is the only championship Hamilton won. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why there's an Instagram about his pants. Yeah. <laughs> More of that story right after this. we got to pay the bills. Team Mercedes entered the 2015 season looking to defend its constructor's title with its two hungry drivers. Meanwhile, Hamilton and Rosberg picked up right where they left off, coming in first and second in the first race. They probably were hungry drivers because that's during the time when drivers would like cut weight before races. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, probably hungry and thirsty. But now there's like a minimum weight for all the cars, so there's no need to do that. No need to do that. Is, do they, is that why they weigh them after the race, or is that... I think so. to see also like how much they how lost much water they lost. Mm. However, the cheery vibes could only last so long. During the third race, the Chinese GP, their contentiousness revved back Dude, to life. Forget the track, but the Chinese Grand Prix, that's a cool track. I like yeah. it. I'm kind of sad that it's gone. It's a good race. Rosberg was in second place and accused the race leader Hamilton of compromising his race by slowing down on purpose to back him into Sebastian Vettel. Hmm. Hamilton made a classic sibling response. He could have tried to pass him if he wanted, adding, it's not my job to look after Nico's race. It's my job to manage the car and bring the car home as healthy and as fast as possible. And that is what I did. I love hmm. quotes like that because, yeah, that is technically true. But yeah. these drivers also know, especially at this time when there was so much like dirty air was such mm -hmm. a huge factor that... There was a technique to just like be just far ahead enough that mm -hmm. the car behind couldn't pass because the dirty air was yeah. affecting the car itself, but also be really quick. So, but also, Nico did the same kind of crap in the last season where it. he's like, Well, the race steward yeah. said it was all right, they so all I'm do fine. It. It's just, I love quotes like that when yeah. you're like, Dude, you know that that's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And then he winked. <laughs> yeah. Uh? <laughs> For the rest of the season, Nico challenged Lewis in most of the races, but Lewis simply could not be stopped. He dominated from qualifying through race day and locked up the world championship at the USGP with three races to spare. Nice. That's early. To go in the lock it in on. We party here. Yeah. <laughs> party mode. We party. We got all the celebs. We got all, all the celebs here. Yeah. I've yeah. never heard yeah. of them famous british person yeah what james duty dench james duty dench, dench. <laughs> in their locker room post-race a video went viral of hamilton tossing rossberg oh, yet yeah. another second place hat and rossberg throwing it at him that's a classic nice that is a classic nice play, so good flexing oh, flexing uh, that that caused quite a stir on the yeah. old internet back then. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you. Despite the champion, what happened? Like, Hamilton's like, here. He goes like, oh, here's the hat. And then 
It wasn't like that uh, aggressive, but it was like a more like. Yeah. Like, uh, was Hamilton being a jerk or was Rosberg being? Uh, a jerk? Hamilton was. It's just poking. It's, a it's slightly poking. Yeah. It's a little cheeky. I don't know. I I think it was Rosberg kind of overacting a little yeah. bit, but I don't know. Lewis Hamilton qui va venir sur le podium d'ici quelques secondes euh, récupérer le <rire> récupérer le le oh là là échange de casquette un petit peu violente euh, entre euh, Lewis Hamilton. Now, despite the championship having been decided, Nico finished 2015 strong. He won the final three races with six wins overall and came in second for the season with 322 points to Hamilton's 381. But how much longer could this rivalry? Last. Ah, it's going to end right here then, right? <laughs> Rosberg's momentum carried over into 2016. He won the first four races of the season and entered the fifth, the Spanish Grand Prix, looking to extend his massive 43-point lead over Hamilton. However, a crucial mental error in the opening lap dashed those hopes when Rosberg switched into the wrong engine mode. Unlike their moments from the past when the, mo when the drivers were looking for advantages, Nico's error was to his detriment. Nico took the lead from the start, but accidentally entered an energy savings mode, which slowed the car uh -huh. down significantly. Uh -huh. Hamilton. <laughs> it's like drag racing with the AC on. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Hamilton, who switched into the proper race mode, rapidly closed the gap. He looked to capitalize on the mistake with an inside pass, but Rosberg defended his position, squeezing Lewis, <laughs> causing him to spin out on the grass. The spin clipped Nico's right rear wheel and knocked both of them out of the race. Later, stewards deemed it a racing incident once again, and that Lewis was justified to go for it since he was 10 miles per hour faster in that turn. Regardless, though, Mercedes non-executive chairman Nicky Lauda was furious. A likely one-two finish for the team became two retirements in seconds. He assigned more blame to Hamilton, saying the inside move was far too aggressive. Rosberg actually admitted to the mode mistake, but didn't accept blame for the crash. With the rivalry stoked to blaze once again, huh, blaze it nice. up. Nice. Yeah, uh, uh, Nicky Lauda. <laughs> Lauda, and, oh God. <laughs> Lauda and Toto Wolf imposed new regulations on the drivers to prevent further incidents, including penalties and threats of contract termination. What do we have to do to get you guys to get along? <laughs> do we have uh, to terminate your contracts? Buy you some shirts. <laughs> Because I'll terminate if you want. <laughs> Toto, I do not know what we are supposed to do with these children. <laughs> Four races later at the Austrian Grand Prix, it happened again. Ah, but we told him. <laughs> <laughs> Nico led the championship over Lewis by 24 points and was leading the final lap, but Hamilton was coming for him. Into a turn, Rosberg was in the inside position while Hamilton attempted a pass on the outside. Here we go, mate. But Rosberg stayed straight, causing a collision. I think I know exactly what turn this would be. Uh, Rosberg's front wing was damaged, and he dropped to fourth in the final corners. Hamilton won, and Nico's championship lead dwindled to just 11 points. Team boss Toto Wolff was beside himself. <laughs> Both drivers attributed... It's like the, the Spider-Man meme, but with Toto yeah. Wolff. Yeah. <laughs> Both drivers attributed fault to the other, but stewards determined that Rosberg hadn't left Hamilton, quote, enough racing room, and penalized him 10 seconds off his finish. The drivers had one straw left, one more incident that put the team's season in jeopardy, and Wolf would invoke team orders, forbidding them from racing freely against each other. 
For the rest of the season, the teammates exchanged haymakers within the bounds of fair play, not literal punches. No, figurative ones within racing. Hamilton won the next three races, retaking the championship lead. Then Rosberg won four of five. Then Hamilton won three after that. Keep track of that in your head. Yeah, it's eight. (laughs) The championship was still up for grabs, entering the final race of the season in Abu Dhabi. Rosberg's 367 to Hamilton's. 355. Ooh, yes, close. This meant that Rosberg would win the championship if he finished on the podium. For Hamilton to win his third straight title, he would need to win the race and for Nico to finish in fourth. So Ooh. not very good chances of that happening. Yeah. yeah. But still not but out still of possibility. But still not out of possibilities. Yeah. And it would be a hell of a win. Yeah. The rivals entered their final lap with Hamilton in first and Rosberg in second. Uh-oh. Lewis executed the only move he could from the lead to try to win the title ignoring repeated orders from Mercedes to pick up the pace. Instead, he slowed down, trying to give Sebastian Vettel and Max Verstappen the chance to overtake Rosberg. Rosberg couldn't afford any entanglements with Vettel milliseconds behind him. And the you know cr- Vettel, man, he's a little honey badger. He, he is. Hunt you down. Well, technically, Danny Daniel's Rick is the, the honey badger. Honey badger. Uh, he's, a bad, he's a regular badger, then. He's an otter. <laughs> the crowd rose to its feet, entering the final few turns, knowing what was at stake. But the boos from 2014 had evolved into cheers for Rosberg, who would not be denied. He successfully defended his position, finishing second, and won the championship, 34 years after his father won it. They would be the first father-son world championship duo since Graham and Damon Hill. Nico was the first German to win the championship in a German car. In his post-race interview, Hamilton was not remorseful about ignoring team orders. Quote, What am I supposed to do? Let the dude win? (laughs) (laughs) He had come up only five points short of the championship and had actually won the most races of the year. Would you chalk it up to the better man having won, a reporter asked? Hamilton smirked and said, I don't agree with that necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) The rivalry officially concluded five days later when Rosberg shocked the world by retiring from racing. It's extremely rare for drivers to quit after winning the title, and at 31 years old, he theoretically had a lot of time left. But having finally fulfilled his childhood destiny, he wanted to turn his attention to his family. Rosberg still remains involved with F1 in a number of capacities as a TV analyst, and he also launched a YouTube channel and podcast dedicated to racing. Dude, I remember when this happened. That was like... Insane. The news, you could not imagine it. I don't think, there hasn't been like a retirement like that in a long time. Uh, I think this is like still the most shocking Well, I'm glad you said that because I would like to announce my retirement. (laughs) (laughs) And at only 31 years old. Yeah, so young. You have so much time to keep podcasting. (laughs) Hamilton did what you'd expect from one of the greatest drivers in F1 history to do. He used the loss as fuel. He went on to win the next four championships in a row. He still races for Mercedes and engages in rivalries, most recently with Red Bull's Max Verstappen. Now, we almost got the Hollywood ending to this story, when the bitter rivals become friends. But it's close enough. Lewis and Nico currently live in the same building in Monaco. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. I think a lot of F1 drivers live in that building. Yeah, yeah. Both have said their relationship is neutral, but that's okay. Nico opened an ice cream shop in Ibiza. So while the drivers no longer speak, it's possible that another ice cream eating contest is just a photo. Isn't that sweet? I feel like, come on, enough time. It's been eight years. Let's reconcile, guys. I mean, yeah. they're, they're like completely different people at this point. So 
Sometimes you just got to like. They're still boys, though. They grew up all that time. Like, they, you know. Do you think, like, Nico is, when Hamilton goes out of town, going to feed his cat? Are they that close? You think Hamilton has a cat? Hamilton has a dog named Roscoe. Yeah. Yeah. Rosberg? He, <laughs> Roscoe. He brings his dog everywhere He's a with him. Chunky boy. Yeah. I think I yeah. follow. Oh, it's like a bulldog, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like a dog. It's a, All right. We have listener yeah. mail. This is from Chris Doyle. Shaq had four rap albums in the 90s. <laughs> my, my favorite song by him is You Can't Stop the Rain, R E I G N. He had Biggie on the track. Check it out. Okay. Okay. So that was in response to Shaq can't rap allegations? Yeah. He can't. <laughs> Here we go. Stop the rain. Can't stop the rain. Yeah. Oh, this is a Papoose song. Oh, but do you think that sh- Papoose is Shaq? No. It has Bun B on it as well. <laughs> wow. All right. Thank you so much for. Look, I'll stop that. Um, <laughs> I mean, that'd be a great song to end out on. It would be if we could. All right, sorry. So thank you so much, Chris Doyle. Thanks for sending us an email, passgas at donamedia.com. If you want to give us more 90s hip-hop fun facts, my name is Nolan Sykes, Nolan J. Sykes, James Pumphrey, uh, James Pumphrey, and Joe <laughs> Weber, Joe, Joe G. Weber Joe. on all socials. Big thank you, Christina Felsky, Nick Giamuso, Gavin Kinzel, and Sam Clemmer for writing this episode. We will see you next time. Wow. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.